Hi, and welcome back to Kelix Cafe. My guest today is Rob Delaney from Regeneron. He's an associate director in clinical supply systems and he's also involved in sponsor vendor relationship management. And that's the topic we're going to discuss today. We're going to look into what are the best elements you should expect from a good partnership. I really can't wait, this should be a really interesting one. Hi everyone, so I'm here with Rob Delaney from Regeneron on uh, Kelix Cafe. Hi Rob, how are you today? Good morning, Sylvain. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Do you have a hot drink with you? I do. I have my morning cup of coffee. Thank you very much for the mug, by the way. <laughs> You're very welcome. So how do you take your coffee? Uh, just half and half, that's all. Regular. So you work at Regeneron. Uh, but I don't think uh, all our listeners will know you. So how did you get in the clinical trials industry? Sure. Um, actually, it was kind of by accident. I was working for an organization down in Philadelphia called uh, Biosis. And I was looking to be uh, closer to home because um, I live towards the Washington Crossing, New Jersey area. Um, and, um, I, and on a Sunday morning, I was looking through the newspaper and I saw an ad for Covance uh, looking for people with a four year science degree. So I applied. Uh, the job, as it turned out, was for a validation analyst uh, on their IE. VRS team at that point. Uh, that's where I got my start in the industry. Um, I spent six years at Covance, um, mostly on the IVER team. Uh, spent one year as a CRA. Um, I did take a year off in between there to try my hand at uh, a position with the Department of Environmental Protection at the state of New Jersey, uh, Bureau of Safe Drinking Water, and just found that it was not for me. So I came back to the, uh, the IRT industry. Um, and I spent another couple of years, like I said, at Covance. And then from there, I moved to uh, Almac uh, Clinical Technologies, where I spent uh, 10 years uh, holding positions as a senior validation analyst, uh, operations analyst, a development group lead, and a test group lead. Um, from there, I moved on to Bristol Myers Squibb and spent about two years there as a randomization specialist. Um, and then from there, I moved here to Regeneron, where I've been for the last five years. Uh, I came in as an IRT manager, moved to senior manager, and now um, I am the associate director of the um, clinical supplies team, which is um, clinical supplies system team, which is really the IT, IRT group. Wow, that's a, a lot of experience, and you've seen the vendor side and the sponsor side, so that's going to be interesting for our conversation. Um, it's funny how many, I should have counted actually, how many people have told us uh, that they got into the industry by accident. Uh, it seems to be a theme. Um, so, like, you're um, very involved in uh, vendor management. Uh, a company like Regeneral uh, works with preferred vendors. What do you see in uh, preferred partnerships uh, that bring benefits to a sponsor? 
Yep. So that's that's the policy we do we do follow here at Regeneron. We do have um, preferred uh, vendors that we work with. Um, I feel it helps us to make sure that we have established our standards and we don't have to, you know, rehash those every single time we work with a, a new partner. Um, it also allows us to be a little bit more um, uh, consistent within our therapeutic areas. Um, so because we work in so many different therapeutic areas here at Regeneron, sometimes it could be like working for almost a different organization. You know, the requirements we have in our clinical development studies are very, very different from our immuno-oncology um, studies. So um, it allows us to, to get very, very specific with, with those needs with, um, with our vendors so they understand, um, you know, what we're trying to achieve with our protocols. Um, so even, even within a space, like in our oncology program, the, the molecules can be very, very different from one another. So, um, having those, those partnerships, we're able to, um, leverage that knowledge that they build when they work with us on how a certain molecule needs to have a study run. Um, and it makes it much, much, uh, much easier to build those studies in, in my personal opinion, much more efficient. So you've mentioned standards, uh, you've talked about um by building the, the the experience essentially and um having vendors who um, if i understand correctly know how you work and know your your trials um is there any like say top three uh elements that you're looking uh, into when when you build a partnership that really bring benefits sure so for me i really look for three things um you know quality uh customer service and transparency are, are, are three of the keys i think that help us to be successful with our partners um you know quality is always key is we want to ensure we're building the best system we possibly can you know meeting our timelines is only part of delivering a system but if the quality of the system does not meet, you know, expectations, um, we haven't achieved our goal. Um, we know we need our systems to be built with quality uh, from the specification all the way through the execution of UAT and into production for our end users. Um, you know, the next really key piece for me is customer service. Um, because, you know, I don't always expect everything to be perfect because, you know, we live in the real world and nothing is ever uh, uh, perfect. And I think that's an unrealistic expectation. Um, however, when things do go wrong or assistance needed, I do expect the vendors to take whatever immediate action is needed to make things right. Um, whether this is helping on an emergency call uh, from a site or updating a DCF in a timely fashion, this needs to be actioned as soon as possible. Um, you know, and customer service does, just doesn't happen with, with a, a vendor's help desk. Really, it's, um, it's all aspects of the relationship back and forth. So to me, again, it's, you know, when we have those kickoff meetings, uh, when we send out those emails uh, with a request for information or just uh, some confusion about maybe how something works, um, you don't want to wait days for an email response back um, from, um, you know, from our partners. Same thing on our side, you know, uh, we have to treat our, our vendors uh, with uh, the best customer service we can possible because, you know, we're, we are partnered together. Um, so that kind of a relationship, I think, helps things to really, truly be successful when you treat everybody you talk to on a daily basis as a customer. Um, so, um, 
you know, the last piece I think uh, really, and I think really is the key to the other two is, uh, is transparency. Um, you know, we need to be transparent with one another, with what the, what our expectations are, um, you know, um, uh, if uh, if we're not transparent with our vendor and our vendor's not transparent with us, if, if say we're having issues with timelines or maybe what their future plans are for where they're taking their, um, you know, their core system, or where they plan on taking their business, um, it's, it's not a vendor that I necessarily really want to work with because then it's always I'm trying to pull information out of them. I want it to be a free flow of information back and forth um, because we need to be open with one another with uh, with what's going on, good and bad, at, at each of our organizations. Um, you know, telling me everything's um, fine all the time or things will be done when they know that, they, that they're not going to meet a timeline really does more harm than good. Um, because now expectations have been set that something's going to be done or met at a certain time point. And when it when it it isn't, um, it's a much more difficult conversation to manage. Uh, same thing for us on our side. You know, uh, we want to make sure that, you know, we're able to deliver, you know, our systems on time. So if there's going to be an issue, we'd rather know about it up front, you know. Um, good or bad, we need to be able to have the correct information so we can have conversations with our internal partners, set their expectations, uh, level set with them so that when, you know, we know we can deliver on time or we can deliver, we meet that, that timeline. Um, like I said, to me, it's, it's that transparency back and forth that is really key to the, to the whole partnership, uh, either being successful or, or failing. That's something you, you mentioned um, that re I, I really like. Uh, you, you've talked about having the same expectations uh, in customer service from your vendor to Regeneron, but also from Regeneron to your vendors. Uh, I, I've not heard that a lot, uh, but I love that because that's what true partnership should be about. Um, and also your point about transparency, um, I fully agree with you that it, it helps everyone to have transparency both ways, as you said. So again, having same expectations here um, from your vendors as you have uh, internally. We need to hold, hold ourselves hold ourselves here to the same standard that we hold our vendors to. So, you know, and that means, you know, delivering good customer service back to our vendors and our partners as well. Um, because, uh, you know, as, as you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, if that's not happening, we, we can't be successful together because we need each other really to be successful. Right. So if we're, you know, if it's an adversarial type relationship or we're not getting the correct information from one another, then there's there's no time that we can ever hit the mark when we, when we really truly need to. Um, and that just that just makes for a, a difficult situation for everybody all the way around. Yeah, yeah, we agree. So, um, as we all know, the industry has got hit by uh, COVID um, and I'm not sure we're, we're even out of it yet. Um, looking back at uh, when we were uh, really struggling in terms of clinical supplies, uh, first of all, has like your immuno-oncology programs uh, been affected? But also, how did you leverage your partnerships to still be able to supply 
medication to patients. You know, our, our studies were impacted. Um, I think everybody was. Supply chain uh, worldwide was hit when, when this outbreak took place. Um, really, it took us uh, uh, quite a lot of time to, um, uh, to work through some of those issues, but we, we moved on it fairly quickly. Um, you know, we discussed uh, here internally how to, how to try to make sure that we were stocking up sites a little bit uh, a little bit more than they normally would because we knew it was taking so long for shipments to get through um, the regulatory bodies at, at various countries. Um, so that was one of the, the things that we tried to do to, to try to alleviate some of the some of the problem. Um, the other thing that we really kind of um, we had to do with, especially with our oncology program, which uh, really didn't slow down um, from COVID. The other programs, the other therapeutic areas took a little bit of a hit and kind of slowed down in enrollment, but oncology seemed to, actually I felt like, because I was working on most of those programs at the time, it felt like it accelerated. Um, we had more amendments and more changes that were coming through. Um, and uh, we also needed to to make sure that we were continuing to be able to you know successfully dose our patients. So we were running into situations where um, you know subjects did not want to go into say the main in some of the larger cities the main uh, the main site uh, for dosing because of the, of the COVID fears. So what we needed to do were quickly set up. Um, uh, satellite locations, which were really infusion centers that were associated with that main site and, you know, do a lot of subject transfers over so that they could, you know, excuse me, continue to get their treatment, you know, uh, on a regular basis because, you know, with oncology, how, how serious it can be, you know, missing one treatment can be, you know, uh, can really have a serious impact, especially if it's a, it's a study where uh, once a subject achieves uh, a certain uh, maintenance dose that if they miss a dose, then they have to start all over again and kind of titrate back up to that maintenance dose. So, um, you know, we were able to leverage our partners to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, so that, you know, we were able to, again, you know, provide that great customer service to our, our sites and subjects to make sure that, you know, we didn't miss a beat there. Yeah, that must have been a challenging period. And we saw it at our end as well, obviously. Um, well, again, you're treating, you're, you're mentioning sites and patients as your customers. That's uh, so refreshing to hear that. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I'm looking at time. I think that's uh, all we've got time for today, uh, except for one last question, if you don't mind. So we've been talking about partnership, um, but that last question might be slightly off topic. It's up to you. Uh, looking ahead 10 years, what would you like to see in the clinical trials industry? Oh, that's kind of a tough question. We're not really sure where the industry is going at this point. I know that uh, um, the latest thing that everybody's been talking about is uh, decentralized trials. Um, and I'm not sure how well that that's actually going to go when that starts to really get off the ground. But um, for me, just on a daily basis, what I hear from my clinical teams, they always want more data. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit better reporting platforms, um, the ability to go in and pull out data ad hoc on our own. So, so you know, to have APIs in place where you can go ahead in and, and extract that data out of the database. Um, of course, you know, we're looking at more of, a, of an, uh, an ecosystem type approach here at Regeneron. So we know we're going to be doing more integrations with other systems. So the ability to add integrations uh, simply um, would also be um, 
you know, something I'd really like to see happen in the future. It's not that it's difficult now. Sometimes it just takes a little bit longer than I think that we would like to have those kinds of things happen. And then the last piece for me, because, um, you know, oncology is near and dear to me and I had to deal with a lot of this while I worked on this program, just the ability to have for the sponsors to have a little bit more control over our studies. So and it's just my opinion that, you know, the ability to go in and, and do things like add additional cohorts or treatment arms or change up dose levels when we needed to um, without going through the whole long process of, of going through a change order. Um, the other piece that I'd like to be able to see is to be able to extend out visit schedules a lot quicker. Um, oncology studies are moving more towards, at least here, we've, we've seen a shift where they've gone from, um, you know, a set number of cycles to treatment until progression. So when you have those studies, you're not exactly sure how many visits you're going to need. You build in what you think you need, and then, you know, you need to extend that out. So the ability to make those kinds of changes and updates for us um, would really, really be be uh, uh, huge to have that ability to, to really have control of our systems uh, a little bit, a little bit more. So more control of your systems, but also more control of the data and being able to get data from different sources together. Um, I think that's a very uh, practical, actually, uh, answer to this question. And I, I love that because that's what you need on a daily basis. So, so why look for something uh, out of the ordinary? Um, so that's great. Thank you very much, Rob. That's been uh, very nice talking to you. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to stop by. Uh, and everyone, thank you for watching us. And we'll see you soon on another episode of Kelly's Cafe. Thank you, Savannah, for the invite. I really do appreciate it. It was a pleasure.